0: Hi there, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. Welcome to Mages and Murder Dads, episode 18. Episode 18. This is still probably the only video podcast dedicated to the Baldur's Gate series. And we're playing Siege of Dragon Spear. Man, eighteen. 18 episodes, that's 18, roughly 18 hours of content.
1: Could you imagine us back on episode 9, and thinking about, man, we, we're really accomplishing it. We've done 9 episodes, and now it's like we've done that twice.
0: We've done double the amount of the accomplishment
1: that we had
0: a half long time ago.
1: Exactly. That's
0: the real, uh, you know, that's what people don't get these days. It's what millennials don't understand. Is that you gotta... Math? Uh, well, multiplication? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. Obviously, I've seen seen on Facebook the way they learn. they learn math wrong these days. Fucking Common Core. Oh, the Common oh. Core. Oh, that's... Oh, Alright, uh, tune in uh, next Wednesday for the Common Core cast. It's our uh, very special c- podcast about math. Mm-hmm hmm And hate and education. Absolutely. So you can follow us on Twitter. If you don't do that, already, you can follow me on Twitter. Are you still on Twitter, or did you delete your thing again?
1: I'm still on Twitter. I just haven't tweeted a little bit. Um, uh, but I do need to make an announcement on Twitter, which says, thanks for all the YouTube comments, because the last episode, episode 17, got 10 comments on it. And I promised that if it got 10 comments, that I would make a video where I... Loaded an old save and uh, and found a way to kill that that terrible half-ogre, uh, Tazok. Tazok. I'm going to do that.
0: So, years ago, in content time, Danny promised to smite a Tazok. And I'm only assuming that if you were listening to this episode, that you, in fact, have listened to that episode as well. But if you haven't, that occurred. And then... He did not actually do so. He went through the entirety of Baldur's Gate one without smiting a single Tazok, and so now he's gonna go back in time. You know, there are things you go back in time to do. Uh, number one, hunt dinosaurs. E- mm-hmm. Easy. Number two, kill Hitler.
1: Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. Kill Hitler. Uh, three, invest in Google,
0: invest or or Apple. You know, kind of take Apple. your pick. You gotta diversify. Mm-hmm. But number four smite smite tezok
1: smite tezok so it's gonna happen and uh we'll we'll publish that i don't know uh next I don't thursday know when, but one sure. week
0: from the day that this goes up
1: yeah we'll do that fun stuff so i i oftentimes do a recap of of how how we got here in the story mm-hmm. let's uh let's throw it over to kunzelman let's see how he does a recap Let's see his own, like, personal style and flair. Let's see how that looks in recap mode.
0: Uh, Yeah, so Siege of Dragonspear, so far, what has happened is uh, we were told that we were the hero of Baldur's Gate after we slayed Seraphok. We traveled to, (laughs) like, with a lot of arbitrary things that happened in the middle. We traveled (laughs) to some bridges. One bridge blew up. The other did not. We broke a siege, but not the Siege of Dragonspear. And then we did break the Siege of Dragonspear. And here we are uh, in hell. <laughs> that's it, right? That's that's all yeah. that's happened. And
1: we're in hell now.
0: And we're in hell. So at the end of last episode, Kalar Argent, the kind of big bad of this expansion, of the Siege Dragon Spear expansion, she used our blood. Her and her buddy Heffernan. Heffernan's like a mage, cleric, priest, something like that. Mm-hmm. Bad guy. Uh, they he's a
1: level seventeen geomancer with dual classed uh, cleric and wizard.
0: Is that real? No, oh, I made that up. Okay, right now. yeah, I was, I didn't, I didn't feel like geomancer was an appropriate kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so at the very end of the last episode, they gave us a little knifing, and uh, our blood dripped on the ground. A, a literal gate to hell opened, and then we were sealed inside of a vault, and then we went to hell. We like jumped in the portal. And zipped right on down to hell,
1: Avernus. If you're, uh, if you're, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a Poindexter out there mm-hmm.
0: in Dungeons and Dragons, there's a notion of, uh, there, well, there are lots of different kind of planes, right? There's a multiverse of different spots. Maybe I'll try to find a little map of that and I'll insert it here in the video. But, uh, but yeah, there are the nine hells, right? Mm-hmm. There are nine different ones. Do you know what they are?
1: Uh, I can't name them all. No. Well, name as many as you can while well, I look them up. Oh gosh, there's Avernus. Which one is did Bane was Bane in? Asmodius is a is a devil, not a hell. I can't name the actual planes of hell, like off the top of my head.
0: Okay, let's. see I here. know that
1: like the themes are Avernus is like the most. Uh, the most stereotypical from like the Judeo-Christian perspective mm-hmm. or like whatever cultural accoutrement that's picked up. All right, I, I got, guess it's more Norse, right? I've got him going. Okay. Avernus, right?
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's, uh, uh, like, uh, fire hell. Yeah. Okay, that's where the fire hell stuff happens. Uh, you have dis, mm. which is like a sad city zone, the iron city of dis dis is there. You have Menaros, mm. which is an endless bog of vile pollution. This is where Mammon is. You got Phlegathos, which is f- like a fire in earth kind of thing. You have Stygia, which is a mm-hmm. bottomless ocean covered by an ice sheet. Stygia, the Stygian uh, stuff, is all this is kind of like Dante-influenced. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Malbolg, and then Maladom- Maladomine, and then Cania, and then Nessus. Hmm. So there you go. That's all of them. That's the nine hills. I like how you kind of gave up on themes. Uh, like, yeah, halfway they, through. They, they became less apparent in this w- <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> that I'm reading currently. I
1: gotcha. I gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: So in case mm-hmm. you were curious about that, or you know what, if you have like Jeep. D knowledge of the nine hells drop that off in the reddit put in the comments here we we're definitely interested but not interested enough to look it up ourselves
1: we're really lucky we didn't just get sent to stygia and just drown immediately
0: yeah yeah there are certain hells you just can't send uh, characters to <laughs> yeah
1: yeah um but this one's the classic this is hell classic
0: mm-hmm. yeah hell tm
1: mm-hmm um so we get sent to hell, and uh, and there's there's a awful lot of trash mobs down here. <laughs> it's hell because there's just
0: trash mobs who hang out that you have to murder. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the whole uh, that's why it is hell. But mm-hmm. yeah, so so hell consists of four screens. <laughs> yeah, four four little zones, and the first zone is just like some demons hanging out. And I didn't play, you know, or, or you know, I've played part of Icewind Dale, but I, I have not um, completed Icewind Dale, and it's been a long time since I have played it. But apparently the character models in this game of these demons are from an Icewind Dale game, Icewind Dale 1 or 2?
1: Icewind Dale 1. And a matter of fact, I don't know if this is, like, uh, too big of a spoiler, but I'm pretty sure that there are some characters... That we're going to meet in Held, and there might be some overlap between those characters in Icewind Dale one. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say too much, but we'll 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 see when we get to Icewind Dale and uh, I guess Jill Stein's second term.
0: Yeah, yeah, right in the middle of the second term, mm-hmm. um, when she uh,
1: gets rid of the FDA once and for all, thankfully, mm-hmm. and uh, relocates all of America to um, Antarctica.
0: Well, I mean, we gotta get where the caps are.
1: Gotta get where the caps are, and also, that's around the time that, like, the Antarctica's melted enough that it's revealed, like, the Cyclopean architecture of, like, the Mountains of Madness, if you ever read that book.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, documentary. When we get there, you're gonna find out, I mean, the whole point of Mages and Murder Dads is probably gonna go right down the tubes, mm-hmm. honestly. By the time we uh, reveal the cyclopean architecture at the bottom of the Arctic poles, but you know what? You got to fill up the time somehow. Mm-hmm. Like you know, don't and don't. Why judge not us. with us? Yeah, why not with us? So, so yeah, this first thing of hell is uh, there's these demons running around, and there are two crusaders there. Yeah, and they say, "Help us, help us! We didn't know what we were getting into when we went to hell." <laughs> So what did Balthazar do? How did Balthazar deal with these people who literally, I cannot stress this enough, who literally went to
1: hell and were like, uh-oh, I've made a bad choice. Mm. Um, well, in their defense, it is a little ambiguous as to how planned it was for Kalar and the other, uh, you know, crusaders to roll in. I think there was like a little bit of dialogue at the end that uh, implied that it wasn't Kalar's plan to go right then.
0: Yeah, it wasn't her plan to go with like eleven people either.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's ultimately in a revelation of her cowardice, She's like, "Oh, I thought it was going to be the army first. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize they're going to throw me down here mm-hmm. um, immediately." But yeah, I, I went. I went and uh, killed all the demons
0: but did you save the people
1: um yeah I think two survived
0: mm-hmm. I think that's all that they can survive yeah I did yeah. the same thing and I was like uh, you know I kind of waggled my finger in their face and I said you should you should not do that no more that bad They're, that thing you did the, is bad
1: yeah the enemies in uh hell that we're running into they've got a few different varieties mm-hmm. but you've got imps that have like a lot of CC abilities. So they like knock people unconscious. They charm folks. Um, you've got these hellcats that are almost like displacer beasts, in that they're uh, they're always like disappearing and then coming back, which is kind of annoying for Balthazar because I have AI turned off, so I'll have to like re-click them to kill them mm-hmm. every time they do that. And you've also got just a, a lot of a lot of big old big old fellas that um, that just kind of hit hard, and that's kind of their thing.
0: Yeah, these, like, uh, winged, like, classic
1: devil-looking mm-hmm. looking fellas. And also some bone golems. Oh, I didn't, are also, I didn't have any bone golems. Well, they kind of look like bone golems to me. But, yeah. No, the, the, that kind of covers it, though. So, once you clear up the the trash in this screen, you got to move to the next screen and there's some more trash mobs on a bridge and you got to, you got to kill those things.
0: Yeah. I think um, that this, this, uh, ending section of siege and Dra- uh, siege of dragon spear is like the, uh, the, the problems of this thing laid bare mm-hmm. of like, we are, we are, we have literally been transported to hell for a massive climactic battle. Like that's the whole point of being here. Right. Like, yeah. the, the, there's no other content here other than fighting a bunch of, of demons and devils because they live here, right? Mm-hmm. It's like like teleporting into a squirrel's nest and just having to fight a bunch of squirrels, right? That's not mm-hmm. the fun part of teleporting into a squirrel's nest. Fun part's getting all the nuts,
1: fighting the mama squirrel, oh, yeah, right? All that stuff. Well, also, I think it's also, like, in a lot of Forgotten Realms novels that I've read— Oftentimes, when there's a climactic, like intra or interplanar conflict, um, I'm thinking specifically of like the War of the Spider Queen novels, where mm-hmm. you follow like a bunch of drow, and, and, and in the end, they kind of confront Loth. But a lot of that confrontation, you don't even, you're, you're not necessarily dealing with a bunch of demons in the abyss, right? Because. In the story, it's just not that dramatic to deal with a bunch of chumps in hell. Mm Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. And I would would, uh, uh, put forward that even in a game, narratively, it's Mm -hmm. not that interesting to deal with a bunch of chumps in hell.
1: Yeah. No, I think I'm kind of behind you. I think that, I mean, ultimately, do we not want to get to a point in gaming where, like, all kind of conflict is meaningful and and there are no chumps but there's just going to be chumps like as a as a manner of course in the genre but at the point where the entire trip is just a set piece mm-hmm. like this is this is the ultimate thing like this is what people are going to remember narratively about the the ending point of this game i don't know like i think i died one or two times to to some of these trash mobs like here and and in, in just a second, we're going to talk about an elevator. But it's just not uh, not particularly memorable. And I, I just felt like the game was just kind of running the clock out a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And I feel like, so this this character that shows up in this next screen, which is called Thrix. It's, Thrix. Na- its name is Thrix. I feel mm-hmm. like you teleport people into hell. You have a little set piece with Kalar. Because we, we see, we're on a bridge. We see Kalar just... W- Kicking ass up and down, taking names. She storms into a keep, and the door locks behind her. Mm-hmm. And then this guy named Thrix or this thing named Thrix appears, and like, he's basically like, "Do you want to play a game?" Like that kind of like weird uh, fantasy. Thrix thing. is
1: Thrix is cool. So Thrix basically reveals in in his in his dialogue um, that he is the kind of minion of a a much greater demon named. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of ways this dialogue can go out. When I first interact with Thrix, he's like, I'm going to test you. And he summons like six demons that I have to kill.
0: Yeah, so so I had the same thing happen. And uh, so they summons the demons. And I tried a couple times and I cannot do it. Like I'm having oh, a, wow. I'm having a very hard time finding these demons. I, I don't know... I don't know why. I was having a hard time. So what I did is I like backed all of my characters up. Like way far. I summoned some monsters to give like a nice buffer. Basically I just needed room to like cast spells. I need a little bit mm-hmm. of time. So I do all of this setup. It's probably like two full minutes of setup. Um, I haste on my people. I run someone up to talk to him to trigger the thing, and then I run back. And on the run back, they all just despawn and I automatically win. Yeah like I all I had to do was run away and the encounter was completed. So I never actually did the fight.
1: Yeah, so th- I, there the first time I did this, there was actually a a bug where I went up to Thrix, he spawned everything. Um but then I like in cuz I saw where they were going to spawn in because they have that kind of bone gateway mm-hmm. uh spawn in animation and In running around, like, anticipating I wanted to be next to them when they spawned in, and I wanted to be next to a very specific one, I was next to Thrix, and I accidentally initiated dialogue with Thrix, and then he talked to me as if I had killed them, even though they were still there. Oh, that's awesome. That's rad.
0: Um, Yeah. Where it's, like, pure willpower. You're like, listen. Listen, buddy. Let's just talk it out.
1: What happened next was interesting. So, Thrix is like, oh, I'm impressed that you killed those guys. Um but you know i'm i'm not letting you through this gate i'm not allowed to let people through this gate cuz my master said i can't and then i just looked at thrix and i was like you don't fucking understand the situation you're in do you i'm your master you open that gate son dang did it work and then he summoned. he got angry and summoned more <laughs> monsters that i killed but the <laughs> gate was open after that really?
0: so that's how you, you didn't you didn't be tested by him or anything
1: no I'm not being tested by a demon. That's not... Uh, what a, he's not the teacher. Mm-hmm, that's not Balthazar.
0: That's not uh, Balthazar's thing. All right, well, that is Ticklevar's thing. So I said, well, okay. uh, why, yes, teacher, I would love for you to, to teach me a, a, a lesson about the stuff. Um, and so he's like, yo, I'm going to ask you a riddle because everyone is always asking me riddles. How many riddles have we solved in this expansion? Like four?
1: I'd say a half dozen.
0: A full six, a full six riddles, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, like half a egg carton of riddles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he, he asked me, uh, you know, he says, but, but, but you have to wager something important. You got to wager something good. And he says, I want you to wager one of your companions. And then he was like, well, what about, mm, I forget who he wanted first. He's like, what about this party member? I was like, nah, maybe not, maybe not that party. (laughs) I think it might have been Dinah here.
1: He was like,
0: maybe not Dinah here. She's hasting everybody. Yeah, she's just she's utility. I need her. And so uh, then he was like, what about Jahira? And I was like, maybe not Jahira either. Like she's, uh, you know, she's got more hit points than anybody
1: else. This is where you're wishing you had Khalid in the (laughs) the party.
0: Well, it, it ends up working out because then he was like. Well, what about Corwin? And I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's like totally fine with me. That's that's all right. And the, I guess whoever you like throw under the bus uh, has a line of dialogue. And so she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to stick my foot up your ass, basically is what she says. But interestingly enough, I was like, you know what? Uh, I I wanted to wager my friend Corwin, but instead I'm going to wager myself. And he Ooh. says, okay, you can wager yourself. So I, I went through all that for nothing, but so he asked me this this riddle, and it's like uh, I don't know, like uh, the states in the light it's bad, but states needed in the darkness, and uh, it. The answer to all these riddles in this game is murder. It, by the yeah, way. it was murder. Yeah, it was <laughs> the thing was I I, you know, I like took a long time to do it, and I like waited on it. I like went up and like I went and like got tea. And came and sat back down because I like didn't want to do it and I didn't want to look it up right because I didn't feel Mm -hmm. that didn't feel right and uh, so yeah so I I do all of this and yeah of course it's murder and then he offers me three items Mm. did you have an option for an item no I told him (sighs) to go screw himself well you don't you don't get the benefit so I had the option between like a sword a staff and a helm. Mm. and i took the helm the sword was like of of uh, it was a long sword which was not going to be helpful because no one uses a long sword in my party the mm. staff i didn't think would be very helpful even though in retrospect it definitely would have been and then the helm was just like a helm of good stats mm. it was like 20 percent resistance to a bunch of types of damage so i got that sure helm. Which is good. So, so yeah, that was that was my uh, experience with Thrix, and and I actually I was like, yo, like you should let me. If if you don't think that your master is the best master to ever be, then maybe you should help me out here, buddy. Because if mm. I kill him and come back, it's bad for you. Oh, mm-hmm. that was the implication through my dialogue.
1: Interesting. I thought that, but was you fun. know. Thrix is also strong enough to just be able to deport, teleport anywhere at will in Avernus, so
0: I'm yeah, not it, sure
1: if that's going to be a problem for him.
0: Well, I don't know. If I become his his boss, can I just uh, remove that from
1: Thrix? I don't know how uh, planar authority works. I think that's how it works.
0: In the DC Comics universe, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And we know that D&D is, of course, patterned after the DC Comics universe's use of hell. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. Mm -hmm. Legally distinct hell.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So once you uh, fight or talk your way past Thrix, the gatekeeper, you get on an elevator and you go up the elevator and there are three trash mob fights on the elevator. And I think the the interesting mechanical impact of this is you're about to have the final boss fight.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And you cannot rest immediately before the final boss fight. You have to get on this elevator. You can't rest on the elevator. um, And you've got to fight three little mini battles. Yeah. So it's it's a little attrition mechanic.
0: Yeah, let me tell you, um, having multiple spellcasters in your party really hurts.
1: Mm -hmm. How's that?
0: Well, because then I have to have three battles using spells, theoretically, Mm -hmm. going up this fucking
1: elevator were was it possible to do those battles without casting spells and using them? Yeah,
0: well, uh, kind of like it it, mm-hmm. it ended up being fine, but like the 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 final fight of the game that we'll talk about in just a minute took took basically every spell that every character had. Mm-hmm. I mean it it was a full- on full party team effort. and so you know, having that extra couple of magic missiles or whatever is kind of important.
1: Sure, sure. But so, you, so yeah. you had a problem with the elevator. Uh not really. Um there were I, I did find so the question is what do I want to lose? Uh, what do I want to lose in terms of resources? Potions or uses of berserk? Mm. Cuz those are like the, the I have 3 uses of berserk. And the final fight was long enough that I I I needed all three. What I ended up doing was I just drank a lot of potions on the elevator, uh, you know, ride up. Mm-hmm. And um, there were several mobs uh, in the elevator ride that could just like cast dire charm on you, and, and that's game over. And the, and Balthazar's number one defense against that was uh, berserk because you're you're immune to basically everything when you're berserking. Mm. Um, so. I just ended up like you could quick save in between fights on the elevator so I would just reload if I got hit by a charm and just try to be at the place where the monster that would end up casting charm appeared and just uh, usually being able to like interrupt spell casting before they went through with it so
0: that's interesting so, like I can yeah. see you, because like you, like the micro tactics that you're having to use like here at the end of Siege and Dragonspear. I, I wonder when we get to Baldur's Gate 2, and very, very soon, actually, um, I, I, I wonder if you're going to have to be doing this much micro. It feels like the skill level required to play the end of Siege and Spear* is much higher than even most of Baldur's Gate 2.
1: Maybe. I do think that from some of the stuff I read, this final fight might be one of the more difficult fights to do. As a single... As, like, a solo player, specifically. I
0: think it's just one of the harder fights, period, in any of these games. Like, I've played through... any of the games? Like, I've played through Baldur's Gate 2 several times. And, Mm -hmm. uh... Like, it's a hard game, but not an impossibly difficult game. And I took probably two hours on this last fight.
1: Whoa. Yeah,
0: I, like... I played it for a very long time, and then took a break, and then came back to it to finish it.
1: Wow. So... We get to the final fight. The elevator gets to the very top. Kalar, Heffernan, a giant uh, demon that we find out is named uh, Belafet, who's kind of the the ominous uh, individual, the ominous voice that was speaking to Heffernan when I was eavesdropping on them. In Dragonspear Castle, and uh, you know, a few, couple chapters ago, mm-hmm. he's there. There's a figure in a cage behind all these people, and there's some crusaders, and they're fighting demons. And uh, the this, you know, the, there's a little fight, and Kaylor's like, I won't let you have him. And Bellafet uh, kind of smacks her across the room, and she kind of get flies back all the way to the elevator, and then dialogue starts. and... You discover a a few things. Heffernan like comes out and says, uh, "Haha! Now now you understand. Kalar was only doing this to save one person." Um, which was kind of hinted at a little bit in, in a dream sequence. It was that we had. yeah.
0: There there are you know hundreds of lines of dialogue where mm-hmm. any of this information could have been given to us. But as far as I know, we only got that one flashback to, like, her as a child, basically. Mm-hmm. And the implication, you know, I, I, I didn't go through all the dialogue to, like, figure all of this out, but the implication to me was that she had, like, accidentally sold her soul to the devil, and that her uncle took her place, because he was, like, a priest of Lathander. Yeah. Is that right?
1: It was something. They had obviously, when Kalar was 10 years old, they had a confrontation, and they were in hell somehow. Hmm. So I don't know how, like, you've made bad life decisions already.
0: Yeah, as a 10-year-old? To wind
1: up in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Real home alone situation.
1: Yeah. It's, it, what a mess. What a what a supreme mess. But yeah, so, it was in some way or another, uh, Kalar's uncle, Aoun... An Ow. unpronounceable collection of vowels. Mm-hmm. Um, took Kalar's place, and uh, and he's just been hanging out in hell for like the last you know two decades, right? Um, but Heffernan kind of reveals: see, Kalar was just doing this to save one person. Like all this, all this garbage she's caused. Like all this terrible. You know, refugee crisis, all the death, mm-hmm. just to save one person. And Kalar's defense is the weakest defense I've ever heard. Well, I mean, I would have freed other people if I, like, figured out how to while I was down here. Well, that was literally her response. I mean, that's
0: probably true. <laughs> I don't... It didn't, I didn't see a lot more other people around.
1: That's the thing, right? I don't even know what the metaphysics of the situation is in a forgotten realms context do people like was there something specific about the dragonspear wars that made people go to avernus well people i don't think that people just went
0: to avernus i think people were dragged into avernus in the dragonspear wars okay you see Why? like no because literally demons came out and got them and took them back to hell it's not not just like they died in the dragonspear wars Yeah, yeah. people were dragged physically to hell. Okay. In the way that her her uncle is, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not just their souls, even though that that is involved, but I think, like, bodily as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a special circumstance here.
1: Okay. So that's revealed, and at this point there are kind of a few different dialogue options you can take in in reacting to this kind of revelation how did how did you play this
0: i was like yo y'all this sucks (laughs) and then i was like kayla argent you want to be on my team now and she said yeah and then the fight happened
1: yeah so um they uh basically there comes a point where I can choose a lot of different options of Bella. That's like, I'm going to, I'm going to steal your soul forever. Mm-hmm. Kayla Argent. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, yeah, no loss to the world there. Um, you know, Kayla Argent's a is a real jerk and she deserves whatever is coming for her. And if you don't kill her, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, at which point Kayla Argent like, hey, Bella Bellahead, don't like, don't kill me. I'll become your blackguard. Yeah, I'll become your blackguard under one condition only: you got to kill Heffernan because I'm really angry at him because <laughs> he tricked me. And Bellahead's <laughs> like, totally. I'm. To- I would much rather have a blackguard than like some some wimpy mage. And then he just burns Heffernan up, and then they both attack me.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're fighting this this fight on hard mode then.
1: Yeah, I attempt it several times and then I reload and do what you did. Dang. It is not, it is not like, as much as I want to do Balthazar fidelity roleplay, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have been doable. The problem is I would eventually just run out of uh, Berserks. Yeah. Like, that's the real limiting factor in soloing as a barbarian, is, like, I have so many of those. And once they're out, any one of the respawning mobs could CC me and it became over. But yeah, i I really hated it that I had to play it this way because none of the in order to get Kalar on my team, none of those dialogue options would have been things that Balthazar said.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? yeah, of course.
1: like the only reaction that is like that makes sense for Balthazar would be to condemn Kalar argent immutably. there's just because because Balthazar does not see her as redeemable
0: yeah, whatsoever well and she doesn't seem to want to be redeemed right it's like no I, that's i don't that's think the she thinks is, she it did anything isn't wrong. redeemed yeah
1: no she's still 100 like in favor of of her ideology that led to all this like there was never a questioning whatsoever at any point and and, it, and at one point she talked about her faith and even that is subordinate to her own will Kayla arjun is just straight up evil in this game like there is no there's no like way around it mm-hmm. like even she's like and, and and you know I'm a worshipper, for, worshipper of Lathander but eh, you know even that what I want more important
0: mm-hmm. yeah we've talked so, about this before that like uh, of the kind of narrative development idea of every good villain is the protagonist of their own story mm-hmm. and it seems like Siege of Dragonspear took that to its logical limit Of like every villain is a a narcissist who who cannot see beyond their own story. Mm -hmm. And while I guess that is cool and fine from like, uh, like mechanically in the sense of it does work and it does provide plot points that move us through this entire narrative, blah, blah, blah. I don't find that super compelling, right? Like I think any moment of reflection here would have been good. Mm, I've well, heard just you know being like oh wow how about that maybe I am a bad O. maybe I'm bad
1: yeah there's no reflexivity on that but you know an enemy is just a friend whose story you're not ready to hear
0: it sounds like a like a is that from Oprah <laughs> <laughs> who said that
1: you get a car <laughs> and, and you get an appropriate narrative and you get an appropriate <laughs> you narrative get an appropriate narrative um but, yeah, so, unfortunately, I do have to do the fight um, on easy mode, and that entails, like, Kalar taking my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I think there are actually two versions. One version is Kalar is just, like, an NPC. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, a weak uh, version where you're like, hey, fight, fight back. And there's another version where she actually joins your party, and you can control her. Oh, really? Um, yeah.
0: How do you get that version?
1: Um, I think you have to do a, so the full-throated defense is saying, uh, hey, I was, at first I was upset at Kalar, but now I realize it's really, you know, you that's behind all this, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very much not what Balthazar would want to say. And then the very next dialogue option, you say, fight with me, Kalar, and then she actually joins your party and you can control her.
0: Oh, I did that, but I didn't get no. to control her.
1: But you've got a full party. Yeah, maybe that's it. Mm, that's probably it, yeah. But she's uh, when she joins your party, she's like level 15.
0: I mean, she she was just a normal fighting NPC for me, and mm-hmm. she was still, I mean, she did the the vast majority of the labor that was involved because, for the most part, none of my party could hit her or could hit Belafell. Mm. Belafet. Just straight up couldn't. Did not have weapons that were good enough to hit
1: him. I think you need a plus three or better, right? You
0: need a plus three. I had that same sword that you do, like dragon, whatever. Mm -hmm. The two-handed sword. So Minsk could hit him. And so my whole fight was literally like prepping everyone to be hasted up, uh, fire resistance on Minsk, potion Mm -hmm. of storm giant strength to give him like 23 strength, and then... Sending him for that, and just everyone else running around like <laughs> Benny Hill style. I, I it took me so long to do this, and the the saddest part about it is the closest I got, except for like the last time when I finally did it. The closest I got was all of my party died except for uh, Jahira and my main character, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Kayla Argent just basically killed him by herself. He got down to like one little pip of health, and then uh, I died. Mm. So it was just like almost pure luck, and I wasn't even controlling them. I like got up and walked away because I was just so fed up with it. And then the AI (laughs) was doing was doing better than I had done. So yeah. So like the
1: mechanic of the fight is that uh, in this version, Heffernan immediately turns into a demon, Mm -hmm. and this is a fight where so you got Heffernan, a demon. Um, and Belafet Bella himself. And Belafet has several attacks. He can, like, call down a column of flame. He can hit you with his swords. He can turn a large circular area around him, like, into into crazy fire. Oh, no. it just damages everybody in, so, in that area. So
0: the reason you see it as that is because, I guess, you're meleeing him all the time. But that is actually mm-hmm. a fireball that shoots to a place and then makes the like area of effect. Oh, so it's even worse.
1: Oh, it is worse. Yeah. I thought it was just centered around him, but yeah, you're right. I was always just next to him. So yeah, that's how I experienced. He it.
0: could just fire that off at anybody anywhere on the screen.
1: Mm. And he did that. And throughout the fight you have from the four corners of the map. Uh, well, at the beginning of the fight, you have like three ads uh, that are just kind of demon ads. Which are, like, 100% worth your time to kill those ads because they, they're much easier to kill than the damage they deal out. hmm Which is always the equation you gotta, you know, make with adds. Like, how long are these gonna be around if I do not kill them and how much damage they will do? Yep. And, um, so definitely worth killing. And throughout the fight, uh, he will summon more adds, like, with a little demon gate. Um... And he also kind of has, like, an interesting... At least when I was fighting him, I'd be interested with, like... You had a lot more party members, so line of sight was in more places. But occasionally, like, he would dimension door out and, like, go behind a column. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he just does that. There would kind of be some res- respite, and, and I would be able to, like, heal up with some potions and then re-engage.
0: Yeah, I think for that is just to, like, mix up his... where he is, uh, so mm-hmm. that then he can... Ambush you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I think he would... Sometimes he would just straight-up teleport behind one of my characters and hit them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was sanctuary and invisible a lot, so I had to, like, use spells to do to get rid of that, and that was weird. Yeah. But, but yeah. Did, uh, did she... Did Kalar make it through your
1: fight? Kalar did make it through my fight.
0: She did not make it through, like, most of the times when I... Got close, but the final one where I actually did it, and she was one of the only ones. Um, the final fight that that where I won, it was just Ticklevar and Dinah here who made Whoa. it out, out alive. Everyone else was dead, and it, it was the point where I was like, "There's probably not a lot of game left, right?" So I'm probably sure. okay. And then when I realized there was a little bit of game left, I just said, "Screw it." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll figure it out, because I'm yeah. not doing that fight ever again.
1: So after the fight, uh, and this would have been both of us, uh, Kalar goes over to her uncle, and her uncle basically scolds her for coming back, doing any of this stuff. Yeah. And all, I choose all the dialogue options. They're like, no, your uncle's right. You're a real piece of shit that um, didn't learn anything.
0: Yeah, she did not learn very much.
1: Um, it was weird. There were some dialogue options where you could be like, hey, you're ungrateful, uncle, <laughs> which I think is just so bizarre after a genocidal maniac like turns heaven and earth and murders hundreds of thousands of people um, in order to save a person. And then when that person no- like realizes what that person did to save them, they're like, why did you do this? The reaction would be like, you're so ungrateful. You're so ungrateful. Like I killed so many people for you. Why don't you understand and why don't you thank me?
0: Yeah. Why aren't you more gracious?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, at the very end, uh, Kalar, when we when we when we leave, the only thing that can close the portal is the is the blood of a powerful demon. So thank goodness we killed that that you know Belafat. Hmm. Um. And the uncle and I leave, and Kalar's like, "No, I'll stay behind and close it." And I said, no, that's good. You deserve to be here.
0: Yeah, I think I also said that. I think yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea mm-hmm. for you to be trapped in hell forever. You know yeah. who we have not talked about yet? Who's that? Our good friend, the hooded figure. Oh, man. You think does that guy show up again? Do you think? Well, actually, really quickly before we talk about the hooded figure, I just want to paint a picture of, of uh, Chikelvar's experience coming out of of, of Vernus. sure okay, we'll do a little fan fiction here okay so right before they go to hell uh uh chikovar learns all kinds of things right mm-hmm. uh you know he learns about corwin and corwin's daughter and how that that relationship is very important to corwin he he learns about Dinah here in minsk and how they are a part of this Rashimi kind of group, and how there are other people like them, and how they just want to learn and travel the world. He learns mm-hmm. that uh, Viconia uh, has a thing for him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and really, really appreciates him as a person, wants to be romantic with him, all of that. He goes to hell. All of those people die, like every single one of those people, <laughs> except for Danya here. They are all dead. Their corpses languish in Avernus. Mm-hmm. Right, in hell, he comes back from that, and they never speak about any of them again. <laughs> no one asks questions about it. There's no dialogue about it. Nothing. It is as if they had never existed. Mm. And I think that says a lot about
1: Ticklevar <laughs> as a character. Well, doesn't it also say a lot about the coalition troops too? They they always just saw those people as as hangers-on. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, they're it's the hero of Baldur's Gate and others. It's like the and Dave Company. Yeah, it's like the Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, like we know who the really important person is there, right? Mm-hmm. It's Dave no, Matthews. totally.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we uh we get out of hell, and we get a little welcoming party. And I and they're like, oh, we we got the, you know some beds upstairs you can rest, and 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 I go to bed and it says, oh, and there's a party until late at night, and then there's a cutscene, and this is some strange stuff that happens.
0: Yeah, I think that this is
1: a bad idea. Okay, <laughs> like narratively,
0: like from mm-hmm. a narrative design standpoint, I think maybe having the hooded figure throughout this game is a bad idea. In general, like I get why you would do it. Like, it totally makes mm-hmm. sense to me. I think that the payoff is very strange here. So, what happens in this weird scene, Danny?
1: What happens is, you see Ski. Um, down, uh, like, you, you roll up on Ski, and Ski is talking to the hooded figure. And the hooded figure's like, I need to test you, I need to see see what you're made out of. And he casts a, a weird spell, where Ski's, like, imprisoned in a yellow box, and then, like... You see like a soul roll out of ski, like fly up into the air, and then she's on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um And then uh like all that spell coalesces into this monster, the same monster that's been killing you in your dream every dream, right? Every damn dream. Every damn dream has this urine monster. And <laughs> Wait, the urine what? monster <laughs>
0: I'm sorry.
1: Uh that gets me. Alright, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. And every uh dream has it and it but in this time it's not a dream. Well at least you can you can like control yourself, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you're running. So around. it
1: attacks so it attacks me and I and, and I attack it back and I just one shot it. Bam. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh then like uh the hooded figure like mean mugs me a little bit more. And I fall unconscious. And then I when I wake up I wake up and I'm in that hall and it and it's as if like instead of the the monster it was Ski, apparently. Yep. And she's like at my feet when I wake up and I am immediately blamed for the murder of Ski, who is who is like uh the commander, I, I forget his name, but the really, really French guy in Tar Silver daughter. Shield. Silver Shield, yeah. Mm-hmm. Silver Shield's daughter. It's a bad thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like a, a like the worst possible thing. So all of this entire expansion, like having to pay attention to her and like uh, keep up with her and make sure she's not dying in the Dragon Spear siege, all of that for nothing. Yeah, so you can kill her. So she can be like fridged at the very end to put the plot you know one step further
1: it's a pretty pure example of fridging like there's no yeah although i guess generally fridging happens earlier on to provide motivation throughout whereas this is to provide some kind of Club. denouement yeah yeah um but yeah it's uh i don't know it, it's weird on so many levels and we'll get to like how weird it is but throughout this entire like next bit which is just like being brought back to baldur's gate a kangaroo court Every dialogue option where they're like, "What do you have to say in your defense?" I'm like, "I don't have a fucking thing to say to you. Move on with it."
0: Yeah. So, so after this, Which, I, like, it was
1: very much like Danny as a person coming through in Balthazar and being like, "Look, I know this game's almost over. Let's let's move move it along here."
0: Yeah. I don't know why the game needs to uh, needs to do this to like. Get us ready for Baldur's Gate, too. I don't, I don't understand why the stakes shift so much. So what happens is that after you murder Ski, Vince Duncan, like the, the knight who was kind of charged with making sure that Ski uh, made it out alive, arrests you. You are taken back to Baldur's Gate, and you are put on trial. As like a ball spawn, right? They're, they're kind of being like, look, we we knew the Lord of Murder was in your blood the whole time. We remember what happened with Saravak. So, you know, fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, kill the ball spawn, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, so yeah, so you get put up on trial. And I don't even know if it's an actual kangaroo court. Like, it seems like a real trial. But where you can defend yourself. You can, like pronounce the acts of goodness that you did in order to defend yourself what what did you have to defend yourself with
1: no i i told you every dialogue i I like not
0: participating
1: yeah i'm like i do not recognize the sovereignty of this court that flag has a gold fringe on it i sovereign citizened it (laughs) so it's not a real flag it's not a, This is not a real flag. It does not preside over a real court. This is not a legitimate. That's why I said it's kangaroo court. Mm. I didn't. I didn't recognize its authority whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I said nothing.
0: Well, so I did. I participated in the thing, and the the game basically lets you use your character as your defense, like mm. like the your quality of character. But what I was able to say was not what I wanted to say.
1: Okay, how's that?
0: Well, I wanted to be like, like, look at all the stuff I did. And if I hadn't have done that, literally they would have opened a gate to hell. That's all I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. Like, I've murdered thousands of people, (laughs) and not people, thousands of entities, some of which were lords of hell. (laughs) And all kinds of weird shit happened. Like, we opened a gate to hell. Is it not thinkable that I might have been tricked in some way? <laughs> like, say, through magic? And then when you ask, you're like, well, isn't uh, isn't it possible that, um, that, you know, you could scry, you know, or have some seers check out and see what happened? And they're like, well, I don't know, there was magic that was all over that area, so we couldn't see what happened. And that seems to suggest... <laughs> that perhaps I, you know, I might be, I, I might be being uh, uh, targeted here, but no. So, like, I was able to defend my character by saying that I had like put myself up with Thrix rather than a teammate. Like, that's one thing I could defend myself with.
1: That is so bizarre. You're here in the public square in Baldur's Gate, accused of murdering a high-ranking military official's daughter. What do you have in your defense? Well, when we were in hell, <laughs> yeah. trying to save the world, I'm trying to solve a riddle. Um, that's not enough. No, you got to say I, uh, I risked myself, uh, when answering a riddle instead of somebody else. So yeah, and there were like could I pop? <laughs>
0: so there were like three or four things I could say, and I said them all, and I don't think it ended up mattering. I looked at the walkthrough when I was done to so like figure out what I could have done there. And apparently if you have, uh, I don't remember if it was four or six, if you have a certain amount of, like, good character things, I'm using air quotes here, good character things, then uh, later on, belt, Duke belt, springs you out of jail.
1: Ah, mm-hmm. instead of some thief.
0: Instead of a thief. So that's pretty cool. So, But no matter what happened for me and for you, I guess, uh, they take you, they put you in flaming fish jail. They say you're going to be executed.
1: Yep. 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 You're going to be
0: executed. And then a thief comes and breaks you out.
1: Well, before that, a hooded figure comes, mean mugs you one more time. Yeah. He
0: just gets that last mean mug in,
1: uh, knocks you out and you have a vision when you're unconscious. And in the vision, you see that it was actually the hooded figure that killed Corwin with a dagger. Oh, that's right. Or, no- we killed yeah. a ski. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, with, like, the soul stealer knife. With the soul stealer knife or what have you. Um, And he, he, he asked me, like, several times after I, like, came to, well, what did you see in the vision? And I was like, I saw me murdering you when I get out of here. <laughs> and then he was like, no, you didn't. What did you really see? <laughs> no, you don't understand. I saw me wrenching your neck with my bare hands Dang. when I get out of here. That's and some, like, like high-level threat. Stop, no, oh, it is. <laughs> and he's like, well, uh, well, you still have a lot of learning to do. And then he disappears.
0: <laughs> zips on out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, so a thief comes and gets you. Oh, God, this is just so weary. I'm, I'm <laughs> so weary of the end of this game even talking about it. So he, like, takes you and he says, hey, go through these goddamn sewers to escape. <laughs> And you go through these goddamn sewers to get out and of there. And
1: you reenact a scene from The Fugitive.
0: And you reenact... a well, first, there's a battle mage in the sewers? For no damn reason? Like, it's someone with a sword and spellcasting abilities. hmm And they're just coming at you. That didn't make any sense to me. And then, yeah, so there is a waterfall, and Vince mm-hmm. Duncan is there. And he's like, don't you jump, don't
1: do it. And then you do it. You jump. Yeah. And then you yeah. get on out of there. You meet. You say. You say I'm innocent. And then Tommy Lee Jones says, "I don't care."
0: That's <laughs> true. He doesn't yeah. care. Vince Duncan is Tommy Lee Jones this whole time. I, I don't know how I didn't put that together. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, you get out of there. You walk through a door, and then Emma Wynn is there. Mm-hmm. And Emma Wynn says, "Hey, I brought all your friends." And then. Dinah here is there.
1: Like they're, they're, only the only Dina here. Only Dina here I've one. All your other friends are dead. Cuz
0: they're all dead, their bodies uh rotting in hell. Uh and so Dina here is like, "Hey." Uh and she like actually has real dialogue to say. She like says like some promotional dialogue. Presumably if you had like a whole party, you would ha- hear like a rousing set of speeches.
1: But this yeah, was one those buddy. All people for me, it was assumed that I just like there was, like, a plausible deniability in the game where it was like, you may have never met this person. And so, like, for me, for Balthazar, it's walking up and there's, like, a group of six strangers that all shame me. And it's like, ah, oh, you're pretty, uh... You probably killed that person. Like, none of them <laughs> believe that I am innocent. Really? Because I never even offered a defense, right? Maybe mm-hmm. that plays into it. That, that's pretty cool. I like that. Hmm.
0: Um... And then the cutscene from Baldur's Gate 2 happens.
1: Yeah, so what's real, What's funny is, like, so they go to the next screen. Everybody's like, oh, we need to take a rest. And uh, and it, there's, like, a second where, okay, uh, let's take a rest. And I have a, I'll have have a full party. Like, everybody's in my party. And I immediately go to, like, to the party menu to, like, <laughs> kick everybody out. Mm-hmm. But before I can, the cutscene rolls. <laughs>
0: forced into it not a true solo run do not it a again solo
1: run damn
0: you have to slay all possible characters that get in your party mm. that's how you do it yeah um yeah well, well, weirdly enough it did when that thing happened it did add people back when i went to that screen but they weren't there i don't think mm. but they like it had added back viconia and someone else but not the full party
1: interesting which is very strange yeah. the uh and the screen, that the, the the cinematic that shows, it's the exact same cinematic as BG2? No,
0: it's not the same. It's just like the same content, like conceptual content.
1: Yeah, you're, you're tranquilizer-darted.
0: Mm-hmm. Which means that a whole lot of story threads in Baldur's Gate 2 will not make any sense. Yeah. It will make functionally zero sense. And I guess we'll talk about that when we start uh, Baldur's Gate 2, but it means that the timeline, like there there was a deniability of distance between Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2 that's very helpful for that game. Sure. And that you can say that a lot of things happen. So, uh, for instance, I've talked about this already in the, in the previous episodes, but Viconia, when you meet her in Baldur's Gate 2, explains to you that she became a farmer it was hmm. like living her life as a farmer and now i don't really see how that might have happened uh, and a lot of similar things so that that means that the place that you begin the game in in Baldur's Gate 2 you must have been there for
1: like years yeah so i mean i don't i don't know but that that's the game we just we just finished the game that's the, the whole... credits roll after that
0: it does And at the end of the credits it says there's no teaser for another game like it explicitly says we there is not a teaser. Thank you for watching the credits even though there is no teaser for the next game in these credits. Mm. And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. The uh Yeah, it the ending of this game was just so bizarre to me. I don't know why it had to roll like this. I don't know why we had to go through a sewer. I don't know why we had to have that trial.
0: Well, yeah, I don't because you can't be the hero of Baldur's Gate anymore, right? Like they have to narratively explain why you are not this giant regional hero, and the reason you're not a giant regional hero is that heroes can't ever do bad stuff, and so you did a bad thing, and
1: therefore you're not a hero. But that's the thing, you're you're forgotten. Yeah, right. Like you, you your your infamy doesn't live on. It's just you're just stricken from the record books. I don't know, or maybe, or maybe people think you're dead. Maybe, yeah, that could be it.
0: That could like be that you yeah. were executed. Yeah, but your name is the same. I don't know. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense, like on a uh, on a high level. But I I will say that there are lots of story beats and parts of Siege Dragon Spear that are really good. That I thought were no, great.
1: That's that's true. I think that this was interesting in that it did it struck a balance between. Uh, between between trying to like tie into bg2 while still being its own story and it was mm-hmm. its own story and i give it props for that because it could have it could have tried to do something very different
0: yeah but we'll talk about that we're going to do a wrap-up episode before we start Baldur's gate 2 um, and we'll figure out what that what that means if you have any questions for us any any stuff you thought was interesting about this game that we never talked about please let us know in the comments on youtube or on reddit uh, cause we'll talk about them. We'll 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 deal with that kind of thing. You can follow us both on Twitter. The links will be in the description. You should like us on Facebook. That's I, I post up some stuff every now and again on the Facebook. That's always good to look at. You should like and subscribe on this video. You should click that little thing on our page that says "Make sure I see everything from them." Cause we only release videos, uh, you know, once a week at most. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, still very happy for all the comments we got next week. One seven days from now, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to see Danny smite a Tezok.
1: in real time. Well, it's not live, but I'm gonna I'm gonna record. There'll be minimal editing. Will be a lot of commentary. There might be a lot of cursing. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It might just be a lot of like footage from OBS of me trying to even like load that game so it works. Oh, that's and I'll be include
0: that mm-hmm. cinema verite.
1: Oh my god! Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, well, so this was episode 18. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm Cameron. I'm Danny. And this was Made of some Murder Dads.
1: Ciao.